everyone, and welcome back to JCM Prepare the Way. My name is Carol, and I just want to thank you all for tuning back into our series on Revelation. Today, we are continuing with chapter nine, and it is starting to get pretty strange. So I'm going to read this chapter, and then we'll go into an explanation. I'm going to read this in the King James Version translation, by the way, if you want to follow along. And the fifth angel sounded. And I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And the shape of the locusts were like unto horses, prepared unto battle. And on their heads were, as it were, crowns like gold. And their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of women. And their teeth were as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplate, breastplates, as it were, breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. One woe is past, and behold, there come two woes more hereafter. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were two hundred thousand thousand. And I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision, and them that sat on them, having breastplates of fire, and of jacinth, and brimstone, and the heads of the horses were as heads of lions, and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. By these three was the third part of men killed, by the fire, and by the smoke, and by the brimstone which issued out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth, and in their tails. For their tails were like unto serpents, and had heads. And with them they do hurt. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of their works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. So woes have now come upon the earth. And the first woe is also the fifth trumpet. And it is another star that falls from heaven, a heavenly power that is released into the atmosphere below. 
and this particular power is given a key to open the bottomless pit. And when you study the Greek of this word, you discover that the bottomless pit is the underworld, the lower regions, the abyss of Sheol, the abode of demons. Now imagine the smoke that when it gets released, when this takes place, that it swirls up like it's coming from a great furnace. And it's so thick is the smoke that rises from this satanic pit that opened that it literally darkens the atmospheres on the earth to the point that the sun can't even shine through it. And out of this dark smoke come locusts. And the Greek word here suggests that these, quote, locusts appear as monsters representing satanic agencies. Let loose by divine judgments inflicted upon men for five months, the time of the natural life of the locust. Now, in our last episode, we mentioned the biblical swarms of locusts that invaded many countries in uh, 2020 and 2021, right? And when you pull up those videos, I want you to notice how the locust swarms darken the sunlight. Not only that, the atmospheres all around them are darkened. Because the ground, the trees, and everything in between is filled with locusts, and so everything is dark. And this is the imagery that John is pulling in to describe the demons that will be let loose to inflict harm on men, not on trees or any green thing as a normal locust would, but to attack people. And just as scorpions have power in their tails to sting human beings and torment them by that sting, so too will these demons they will be given permission to torment people for five months. And who are these people that are being tormented? They are people who do not have God's seal on them. People who have not chosen to believe or surrender their life to Jesus Christ. So naturally we know that 144,000 will be spared, right? We just read about them, this 144,000 Jewish men who are going to have the seal of God on their forehead. But I also imagine, even though it's not stated here, perhaps Christians, if we are here, who are sealed by the Holy Spirit, right, are also spared. Because it says in 2 Corinthians 1.22, and it says in Ephesians 1, or chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, that we who are believers, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance until God comes and redeems his purchased possession at his time to the praise of his glory. In this sealing of Christians by the Holy Spirit, it means to stamp with a signet or with a private mark for security or preservation. That's what it means to be sealed by the Holy Spirit. So this sealing that even we Christians have right now that we receive when we become born-again believers, we receive uh, this special interest of the sealer himself. He is showing special interest in us, an an authentication by God that we belong to him. So if these locusts are coming upon the earth to torment people who are not sealed by God, then I... I imagine that would include us, which is very encouraging, don't you think? And so this torment will be so severe that people are going to wish they could die, but they can't. Death will leave them, no matter how miserable they get. Now it goes on to describe the demons, those locusts. 
They are going to have an appearance as horses prepared for battle. They will have crowns, this passage says. They will have faces like men, hair like women. What does that mean? And teeth of lions. Well, these are not your ordinary locusts. They are something no one has ever seen. When it says that the horses are prepared, it means they are prepared for divine judgments. This is their moment to act. And the crown that this passage describes them wearing describes a crown of triumph. They will have great victory on this mission. And that hair of a woman, you know, according to scripture, long hair is a glory to a woman. And so for a woman to wear it loose or disheveled, especially in biblical times, is a dishonor. So women would wear veils over their head to protect their hair and to cover their hair. Because their hair was also an honor to their husbands. Their husbands were their head. They were over them. So it's interesting that these demon locusts have hair like women. Because for these spirit beings to have long hair as like a woman is perhaps indicative of the satanic master that they are subject to who is their head. So obviously these monsters from the bottomless pit, either way. They are going to be unique and very demonic in nature. Now, the prophet Joel also speaks of locusts in Joel chapter 1, verse 18, all the way through to chapter 2, verse 20, with very similar descriptions. However, most scholars take the view that Joel was comparing an actual plague of locusts to the events of the Great Tribulation. But I do encourage you to read those chapters nonetheless. Now, chapter 9 also mentions that these locusts have a king over them, proving that these are unique and demonic in origin. Whereas there are other places in scripture, such as in Amos and in Proverbs, uh, I think Proverbs 30, they speak of locusts not having a king. So again, though, scholars agree that these locusts in the Great Tribulation are unique and different because their king is Abaddon, which means angel of the abyss, or Satan, and also called Apollyon, which means a destroyer, Satan. So one woe is now past, and a second comes. And a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, is now heard. What are the four horns of the altar? What is this talking about? Well, this is a good place to point out That the book of Revelation, beginning in chapter 4 all the way through, is a picture of the tabernacle of Moses that is found in Exodus chapter 25 through 40, which is also a beautiful picture of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. That's a different podcast. But we have mentions of altars and incense. There's a sea of glass. We've got thrones. We've got lampstands. And here we have the four horns of the golden altar. Now the golden altar in the tabernacle of Moses was the altar of incense. God commanded the priest to burn incense on the golden altar every morning and evening, the same time that the daily burnt offerings were made. And those were done on a different altar outside of the tabernacle. The incense was to be left burning continually throughout the day and night as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. So the horns of the golden altar were sprinkled with blood from the animal sacrifice that 
took place on that different altar, the one on the outside, and it was called the brazen altar. The sprinkling of blood, it was in order to cleanse and purify it from the sin of the Israelites. So just as the horns of the brazen altar, the one where the animals were killed outside, represent Christ and his shed blood to forgive us of our sins, the horns on the golden altar before the throne also represent Christ and the power of his blood in prayer because it is the altar of intercession. So because he is now called, my friends, our chief intercessor, That's why it says in Hebrews, he ever lives to make intercession for us. So we have an intercessor in heaven by the person of Jesus Christ, but we also have an advocate here on earth through the person of the Holy Spirit. So we are covered all the way around, aren't we? And so John mentions that a voice is coming from this particular altar, this place of intercession. Is it the voice of Christ making a command to continue judgment on the evil of the earth? We're not sure, but it is definitely a voice of authority. And it's also good to know what this also represents nonetheless. So this voice commands the sixth angel to sound its trumpet, a judgment that lets loose four angels that have been bound in the great river Euphrates, bound only to be loosed at a specific period of time for a specific assignment, to kill a third of mankind. I tell you, friends, if there's one thing Revelation gives us, it is a balanced view of God, which we're sorely missing today, because he is both Savior and he is judge. So they let loose an army of horsemen, a word signifying a type of Calvary of 200,000 thousand, it says in the King James Version. Your translation, Bible translation, might say 200 million. Well, whatever it is, whether it's an accurate number or a supernatural number, it is thousands upon thousands and thousands of horsemen, some kind of a supernatural army. And the army, the horsemen, are going to be clad in a special kind of armor, an armor that is described as fiery. So it's going to have a uh, like a fiery look. But also this armor is described as having blue and yellow tones as they're breastplates are flaming with jacinth, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, which is a deep blue colored stone and brimstone, which is sulfur-like, so yellowish. So you've got these fiery, this fiery armor of blue and yellow. And these angels have been found at the river Euphrates. Now the Euphrates River, just so you are reminded, is the largest waterway in Southwest Asia. And it holds great importance to biblical history. For instance, the Garden of Eden, right? But also to the civilizations that grew up around there. The earliest being the civilizations of Sumer and Mesopotamia, and then later Babylon and Assyria. The Euphrates is one of the two major waterways in the region, the other being the Tigris, both of which contributed to the rise of the Mesopotamian Empire. So could this be an army that comes from the Middle East or the Orient? We don't know. Either way, it is going to be of such magnitude that it appears it is going to cross over perhaps the river Euphrates and then kill a third of mankind through three plagues, as referenced by the fire, smoke, and brimstone which comes out of their mouth. 
Now, people have speculated if this is some kind of a war machinery or some kind of a bomb. No one knows. Could be. We see the makings of that taking place now in the region. Or it could just be a supernatural army for an end time event. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails. For their tails are like serpents having heads and with them they do harm. That could easily mean many things. So let's not be careful to over-speculate on that. And yet, even with all that, as strange as it is, as deadly as it is, people on the earth will still choose not to repent and come to the Lord. And it lists the many things that mankind is still holding on to. Not much different than Pharaoh and people in Egypt holding out against God, right? Despite the utter destruction going on around them. Well, this concludes chapter 9. We'll continue in chapter 10 with another interlude before we finish with the trumpets. The text seems to again dart away onto another topic. So until we meet again, I pray that you dig into your scriptures, study and ponder them, and pray. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit of truth to show you truth, to give you courage and encouragement. I hope this blessed you today. Until next time, take care. Mm-hmm.